and welcome to Sustainability Forward Podcast. I'm Antonia Banks-Graves, your host, and joining me today is Sam Rubin. Sam is an accomplished innovator, entrepreneur, executive, chief sustainability officer, and co-founder at Mighty Buildings, a construction tech company based out of Oakland, California, which is using 3D printing technology, advanced materials, robotics automation to create beautiful, affordable, and sustainable homes. His passion and deep understanding of sustainability and compliance drew him to the vision of addressing the housing affordability crisis by 3D printing sustainable homes. This episode today will be about sustainable homes, of course. Sam, thank you for joining us. And I can't wait to just dive into this first question, which is how long has Mighty Buildings been in existence? And we cover that you're in Oakland, California. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Antonia, for uh, inviting me on. Really, really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you about it and to share with your listeners what we're doing at Mighty Buildings. Great. Uh, yeah, so as mentioned, we are located in Oakland, California, though originally we were in a, a third of a warehouse over in the port of Redwood City, so just across the bay over on the, on the peninsula. We originally incorporated in August 2017 and then spent wow. the next three years in stealth mode, so really avoiding the limelight avoiding uh, kind of sharing what we're doing because we felt it was really, really important that we took that time to line up everything we needed in terms of our material certification uh, so that we could be in line to get approvals as well as really making sure that we could deliver on the promises we're making. Uh, there's been, we've seen too many great ideas sidetracked by getting too much hype too soon uh, and then never being able to come to fruition because you're being asked to, hold, to live up to promises that you didn't make oftentimes. Um, or that you just weren't ready to, to live into. And so that's something that we're very, very careful about. But we use that time to work really closely with UL, which is Underwriters Laboratories, um, mm -hmm. to fear to, and the reason we chose UL instead of the International Code Council or some of the other evaluation services out there is that UL not only has over hundred years of building life safety, they also have some of the world's leading experts in additive manufacturing and sustainability which wow. made them uniquely situated to understand our technology and then figure mm -hmm. out what does it look like to demonstrate uh, code compliance um, with that. And what came out of that was a new standard, UL 3401, which mm -hmm. is the first standard for 3D printing and construction. And that's since been used as the basis for an adoptable appendix, uh, AW, to the 2021 International Residential Code. So through our work with UL, we're actually also helping move uh, 3D printing into the building code itself and creating space in the regulatory structure for, for the innovation needed to not only address the housing crisis, but do so in a way that also addresses the climate crisis, given the impacts that housing has. I mean, building construction globally is like 11% of all GHG emissions. Building energy use is another 28% of all global GHG emissions. And those don't really account for the waste generated during the construction phase or end of life. Um, so if we're going to solve our housing crisis, which I mean, we need billion, a billion to two billion houses globally, um, pretty much ASAP, we need to do, be a, a treating it as a dual crisis and as a both and situation. Otherwise, we're gonna, we may solve the housing crisis, but at the cost of our ability to survive and thrive as a species. Which is a great point. It, there has to be a dual way to look at this. Yeah, it has to, to be satisfy, both and. Yes, satisfy the housing crisis and without disturbing the environment. 
Yeah, and yeah. then also the all the social impacts and the positive benefits in terms of social sustainability um, mm -hmm. from, from making uh, housing more affordable and then also giving people the opportunity to be proud of their homes no matter how, how much they make or how much uh, they, they cost them. So I think that's something that's, that's really important. And the ability to make more sustainable communities through creating yes. more walk, walkable streets, like really like looking at it, taking, I mean, cause if I'm being honest, I hate mm -hmm. the word sustainability. Um, it's, I mean, I use it all the time cause everyone knows what it is, but yes. to me, the sustaining the status quo is not an option. So I would, I, I'm excited that the conversation's finally starting to get towards resilience and regeneration. And what mm -hmm. does it, what does it mean to to create systems and create new ways of doing things that deal with the realities that are coming down the pipeline that we're already seeing now yes. in, in California with the fires, we got Texas with the storms, uh, like it's it's just we're seeing it everywhere uh, globally. Like those impacts are already here and they're only going to get worse because what we're seeing now isn't a result of the carbon we're putting out now. It's a result of the carbon we put already put out. Yes. And so creating more resilient systems and more resilient communities that can address that. Um, but also then looking at what does it mean to step beyond carbon neutrality into carbon negativity? Because we've committed internally to being uh, carbon negative by 2028, or sorry, carbon neutral by 2028, and then carbon negative by 2040. Because it's really important that not only are we creating uh, new ways of doing things that slow the impact we're having, but they re we really need to go beyond that and start kind of clawing ourselves back from the brink as it were. And so really figuring out how do we do that? And and it's not about one actor going and doing yeah. it and hey, we've got the solution. It's it's really about embracing notions of industrial ecology, industrial symbiosis, and how do we work together to create circular economies? Because uh, this whole idea that there's such a thing as waste is kind of silly. Because um, to me, it kind of represents the idea that there's, it's a lack of imagination, honestly. Mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways, it's like, well, we just have to figure out because it's just waste. So well, where's it going? Because there is no such thing as a way. Uh, a way is just something, maybe I don't see it, but we're still part of our ecosystem. And, still part of the of nature, which which we are as well. And so I think it's important to be thinking about it in, in those ways. Yes, and what we do today definitely has an impact on in the future, what we're oh, doing. Yeah, I mean, just look at the uh, the carbon cycle in the oceans. I mean, it's, yeah. the oceans absorb so much carbon, that's gonna come back up into, on a 20 to 30 year cycle. So it's like, it's these feedback loops that we keep finding is why things, we realize are, are getting worse faster than we thought they were. Yes. What is the process from the beginning of selection to the estimated delivery and installation date of uh, your sustainable homes? Yeah, so at Mighty Buildings, we feel it's really important to make the process as easy as possible for homeowners. Mm -hmm. So we've been providing full turnkey solutions, which means we handle everything from the permitting, uh, the site inspections, the installation, delivery, uh, foundation, utilities, everything. So we make it as painless as possible. So initially, customer comes to our website or visits us here in the facility, puts down a deposit. We do a basic compliance check, uh, starting with Google Maps, just to confirm that we can really uh, cite the unit where they want it and everything. Then we have one of our general contractor partners visit the site to confirm everything. And then also check things like uh, the size of the meter, uh, water possibilities, because in order to make a proper estimate, we need to understand, well, is there what are the impacts on the existing infrastructure? Uh, and so once we have that, then we're able to put together a detailed estimate uh, because the site work and everything does vary based on the location and the needs of a specific, uh, specific lot. Once we do that, then we sign a contract. Once the contract's signed, we then move into the entitlements phase. So we're working with the local um, 
authorities, as well as California factory uh, housing community development, since we are certifying our units under the factory built housing program in order to move those permitting forward. And that even though state laws have really streamlined that, as we're still, a lot of cities are still digging out of the backlog from having shut down because of the pandemic, those, mm -hmm. there are still some delayed timelines there. Uh, but once those permits are in hand, we can go from a blank slate to installed in a month. So while the foundation and utility and everything, all the site work's being done, we're building the modules in our in our factory. And then we're able to bring those on site. And if it's their volumetric modules, like the ones you see behind me here that we're currently delivering, those can be installed in a day. Um, we are, our most recent installation in San Leandro was a two module uh, Mighty Duo. Uh, I think it was a, one of our one bedroom units, might've been two, but we had that installed uh, attached, sealed, and inspected in a single day. So we were able to give a certificate of occupancy the next day, uh, which was, was really exciting. With our new Mighty Kit system, which their Mighty Home product line is, is based on, those ones are going to be, depending on the configuration, can take a little longer in terms of on-site assembly, uh, because we're envisioning those both as volumetric modules, like we're currently delivering, but then also kind of like a Sears kit home for the 21st century using uh, 3D printed panels. And what that does is it opens up additional backyards and locations that we can deliver to. Because one of the things we run into with mods is that power lines and cranes don't play well. No. And that's just, that's just the reality of it. So by having this a, a shipping container-based panel system, then we can get into a lot more backyards using just a Bobcat where we uh, might not be able to with, the, with our volumetric module. So that, because of that, it can take a, a, week, or a week to two weeks for assembly for those, uh, just because of the greater amount of site work of uh, the work happening on site, but still a much, much accelerated timeline versus say stick belt construction. Wow. That's amazing. One month for one. Wow, that is amazing. What would be the benefits of having a unit design by your company? Yeah. So the units we're delivering right now, so we've got two different product lines. One are our mighty mods, which are 350 and 700 square foot. Uh, studio and one and two bedroom accessory dwelling units. And then starting later this year, early next year, we're going to begin delivery of our Mighty Kit system, which is a panel system. The first product line of that is the Mighty Home system designed by EYRC Architects, which is one of the world's leading modern design firms down in Los Angeles. And so those ones are come, yeah, so great, beautiful designs. Those range from uh, 400 up to uh, 400, 800, 1,000, just under 1,200. And then we also have a single family home version that's three bedroom, two bath, uh, just under 1,500 square feet uh, with that. And so some of the benefits, along with obviously the delivery timeline that, uh -huh. that we just mentioned are we're able to produce them with nearly zero waste. So right now we have over, we're avoiding over 95% of the waste generated by traditional construction. And uh -huh. we're in the process of increasing that to over 99%. So that ends up being here in California, about a ton, one to two tons of carbon per unit that we're just not creating that would normally uh, occur from the waste that's going to landfill. Additionally, because we're able to be cost competitive against similar, similar quality units, we're actually able, or well, we're able to provide cost savings against similar quality units. We're able to allow zero net energy homes to be cost effective while still being competitive against traditional build homes. And so that provides another savings in California on average about $115 per month or about 400 kilograms of carbon a month. So it provides significant impacts uh, from that incorporation of on-site solar as well as battery backup. And that also adds incredible resilience in terms of uh, power plant power shutoffs and some of the other impacts that we're seeing in, in communities from uh, climate crisis, the fires and everything else. Um, further, because of that energy efficiency, it provides a high level of comfort. 
And then these units that we're building with Flari Group, along with being zero net energy, also come with the Delos Darwin system, which provides things like uh, circadian rhythm lighting, uh, improved uh, filtration of the air quality to improve indoor air quality and really open up what it means to have, have a healthy home that's, uh, that's also smart. Wow. What is the process of the 3D technology? Yeah, so we, we do things a little differently. Um, I'm sure your, your listener, um, your listeners may have heard, uh, seen videos of some of the 3D printing concrete and other, other technologies are out there. We do not use concrete. So that's, that's one of the major differences. What we've done is we've developed a unique material that's a, a thermoset composite. So basically a synthetic stone, but without silica. So we don't have to worry about those health implications of, of that. And what it means is that we can actually cure the material using light instead of temperature and time. So that opens opens up possibilities of not only being able to print the floors and the walls, but also the ceiling. And also introducing things like curves and other organic forms that are difficult to do uh, cost-effectively with traditional technology. And that are also frankly difficult to do with uh, any level of granularity when you're looking at 3D printed concrete, some of these other nascent technologies in, that, in our space as well. And so what that means is it cures quickly and because, so we've created a whole unique process for making this material and then putting it into a form that allows us to print it layer by layer and as it's extruded, we hit it with the ultraviolet light, which triggers that hardening process, meaning that it can support its own weight. So that's, we can do unsupported spans, eaves, overhangs, curves, things like that. But also we still get full chemical cohesion between the layers. So at the end, we still end up with a monolithic structure. And then, so we can do either full volumetric modules, panels or other building components. Cause where we plan on going, well, mm -hmm where we are going and uh, where we've always planned on going is to be a tool for industry. So even though we've been working direct with homeowners uh, and we will continue to do so, uh, this new pro this project in Southern California with Polari Group is our first step into that. Not sure, apparently they decided to meet me. Still love that's that's uh, okay. Yeah, so the, the, as I was saying, the uh, um, project in Southern California with Polari Group, it's our first step into being a tool for industry and really working directly with builders and developers, not to only get units out to homeowners, which is amazing. And I love the smile on a homeowner's face when we hand them those keys, yeah. but to also be getting these out there at scale in terms of 10, 20, 50, 100 units at a time, and eventually 1,000 at a time to really be, ha be having the impact that we want to be having on the housing crisis and the need for more sustainable buildings. Wow, how are your uh, are the units designed by Mighty Building sustainable? Yeah, so as I've touched on a little bit, mm -hmm. some of the key areas that we're focused on right now, in terms, because I'll fully admit, we're kind of in our electric vehicle stage, insofar yes. as like our embodied carbon is higher than we want it to be. I own that with that. That's something we recognize, but it's also why we've committed to being carbon neutral by 2028 and carbon negative by 2040. Um, and already have developed a roadmap to continue to improve our embodied carbon. In fact, we have a new formula that incorporates fiber reinforcement. That's gonna allow us to go into multi-story uh, projects starting next year. So both two, three story single family townhouses, as well as three to six story, six story multifamily. And that's already has 20% savings in terms of carbon over our initial material. And we have identified other opportunities for getting past that truly a circular uh, setup. So we're already looking at end of life, we incorporate life cycle assessments into our design phase, um, both in terms of new designs and material development to make sure that we're accounting for those impacts, not just once it leaves our door, but once it, what happens in 50 to 100 years when uh, it's at end of life as well. And uh, so right now we have the ability to recycle it, uh, to grind it up and recycle it as filler, but we're also looking at new opportunities for to take advantage of advances in chemical recycling 
that we're seeing, which can now potentially unlock it to allow us to actually take it, turn it back into its original components so that we can have a circular material and completely avoid uh, you know, that uh, diversion to landfill. In the near term, what we're really able to lean into is the fact that it's effectively zero waste. So we're already eliminating three to five pounds per square foot that would normally go to landfill in a traditional build. Additionally, cost effectiveness of zero net energy homes and then also incorporating things like what's it mean to not only design for manufacturability and assembly, but disassembly and reuse, um, and really mm -hmm. bringing these design concepts into the into our process from the very beginning, so that we're ensuring that we're delivering units that are as sustainable as possible, while we continue to move down that roadmap to being truly uh, carbon neutral and even carbon negative. I'm sure you've probably heard this before, Sam. Your innovation is so cutting edge and at the same time uh, doing something great for the environment is what um, zeroed me in on your, your company. Is there anything else you would like to mention to the listeners? Oh, well, thank you so much for that. And uh, our, we have a, we have an amazing team of, of designers, architects, engineers, and material scientists. Um, I, so they're, I, they're, they're doing all the hard work. I get the easy job. I get to talk <laughs> about it. Um, so. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity, Antonia, to be, be on it. And if any of uh, your listeners are interested in learning more, they should visit us at mightybuildings.com. Uh, they can also see some videos about our process, customer testimonials, and others on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash mightybuildings. Um, and, feel, and they can also feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or, and LinkedIn. Awesome. I would like to share a quote um, that you had um, that you had mentioned and it, it resonated with me, which is we don't actually aspire to be the ones designing and creating a set product line of housing units. We want to be the means that enables others to bring their vision to life. Uh, yeah, and so so that gets to what I was saying before, I didn't mention before about our goal to be a tool for industry. And because mm -hmm. our vision isn't to just be here in Oakland and ship units across the country and across the world. Um, frankly, given California construction costs, that just, just is silly. Mm -hmm. So what, what we're, our goal is to actually have a distributed network of mighty factories around the country, around the globe, in areas where we have builder developer partners and where there's demand. So that we're not only in a situation where we're generating housing here, but that we're able to take advantage of existing warehouse space. So similar to here in Oakland, we're in an old Pete's Coffee warehouse. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't need to be setting up in hundreds of thousands or million square feet out in a re remote area. We can actually set up in a small footprint near where that demand is. And so that means that not only are we looking to create housing for those markets, but also to create new jobs. Because one of the big problems we're trying to solve is the fact that we don't have enough skilled labor to build all the housing we need. And here in uh, nationally, there's something like 400,000 construction jobs that are open. Here in California, we've got a dearth of skilled labor. Um, it's been ever since 2008, uh, when we had the last crisis, you ended up with a lot of uh, people leaving the industry. Those that stayed tended to be older. They're retiring. And for every five that are retiring, one lower skilled worker is coming into the industry. So not only, so at a time when we need more people to be building, we're actually having less. And so by bringing new technology and we really want to help attract a new generation of workers who in past years might've gone into construction, but are now going into things like programming or joining the gig economy. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're really leveraging 3D printing and robotics Take the most difficult and dangerous build parts of the build. I mean, framing of houses is, I think, the second most dangerous job in America after mining. Um, and really give it to 
let, let the robots and computers and the printer deal with that and really focus on the parts of the build that make sense for humans to do and that really need that human touch. So even though we're, our goal is to reduce labor per hours per unit by as much as 90% to really increase productivity, that increased productivity is, can, can be as much as 20 times or more. So at the end of the day, the goal is to actually create more work. And then with the uh, being a tool for industry, one of the things we're also working on is right now we have a Revit library for our new panel system to make it easier for uh, builders, us to work with builders and designers to create custom floor plans using that for larger developments. And where we're going with that is really that ability to allow designers, architects, engineers to work directly with our technology using software they're already comfortable with wow. in order to create new way, really unlock that creativity and unlock what it means to reimagine building given the advances that we're seeing in technology that allow us to begin to step away from those traditional typologies um, or have the ability to create something that matches with existing aesthetics. And that's one Amazing. of the things I really love about what we're doing is that, that versatility of design, both from the printing, but then also the post-processing, which allows us to do things like uh, leave the raw print, which some people really like and are willing to pay a lot of money for on traditional builds, mill it so it's a smooth stone-like finish. Because uh, mm -hmm. we're able, it is, even though it's really strong, we are able to use the material or mill the material using CNC heads used for metals. Oh. Or, or it opens up things we haven't had a reason to do, um, project to do this on yet, but there's no reason that we couldn't also do things like mimic uh, brickwork or mimic siding and kind of make it look like traditional aesthetics or create a facade look that no one's ever seen before. So it really has this amazing versatility, both with our technology, but then also the ability to apply things like stuccos and paints and primers and, and create things that match traditional aesthetics or open up whole, whole new pathways in terms of design. I can't wait. <laughs> wow, that's great. Um, again, I would like to thank you for taking the time out to be a guest. I know that you're super busy. Uh, making a difference with the environment and bringing more homes. Uh, it was truly an honor. And I would just like to say that this episode was sponsored by the Elite Organizational Consulting. <laughs>